Welcome back to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. I'm Melissa Edgington. We're pleased to join you again for our, we're doing very well, aren't we? With the we are. Third week of the year, third podcast of the year, I think. It's amazing. Yeah. So I'm excited about our consistency. <laughs> There's nothing more exciting than consistency. Yeah. So. <laughs> but anyway, we're just uh, joining you on a, a, co- a cold, rainy night here in Olney, Texas. It has really been raining. And we just went through a whirlwind house cleaning session. Yes, I'm so happy. What brought that on? Were you just in a funk? Well, you know how it is when you walk in the door. Because I had taken Adelaide to dance class. Mm -hmm. Came home, walked in the door. Basically the feeling you have every day. Yeah, that's how I feel every day when I come from work. (laughs) And everything was just kind of out of place. And it felt like a huge job. But see, this is something I've learned, mamas, in my 12 years of being a mother, I have finally learned that one person cannot pick up after five people by herself. There will be some woman out there listening that will say, oh, yes, they can. Well, they can, but they shouldn't. And so tonight we came home and we all pitched in and got it all done in a very short amount of time. And I'm so happy. Yeah. And I cleaned the four-year-old girl's room with her. And it was actually kind of fun. She, she, she got really it. she got really chatty. Did you hear her saying, "The next time I have to clean my room, I'm going to ask Daddy to help me." She said that. Yeah, that's really. <laughs> what wonder what what I did that she liked so much. She loved it, and it was so cute how I heard her saying, "Those dolls are from China, so they They're are very, very special, special to me." Yeah, dolls that Chad's mom had brought her from China. Those are very trip. special to me. Those are very special to me. Yeah, and then she was going to put all of her dolls. No, the stuffed animals were going on the bed. While I was doing the actual cleaning, she was making a. She said I was. She said I'm making a scene. A party scene. Yeah, making a scene, and then she called it something else. A theme. Then she started calling it a theme. And then when she had to go sleep in her bed, she was very distraught that she had to destroy all of her quote unquote hard work. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of it was like they're getting married, they're kissing, and then time to go to bed. Which Emerald says that she's never getting married. Because when you get married, you have to kiss. You have to kiss, and she's not going to... She will not, not do gonna that, kiss. she says. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. If only. But she's good. She's a good kid. You know, she's got some pretty quick reflexes, too. I think she's going to be a good little athlete. <laughs> I mean, eventually, there's got to be an Edgington that's a good athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, they're too, it's too young to tell. My dad, about my dad was a good athlete. I yeah. Your dad was probably a fair athlete, right? Yeah, he was. So it's just a, maybe it's a generation it skipping skipped thing. our generation. Yeah, skipped I don't our know generation. What happened to us. No, we were artists. Yes, we were. Lovers, not fighters. We were but anyway, sensitive. Well, speaking of that, I did see an article. I guess I read the article. Maybe it was this morning or I posted it yesterday on my wall. It was talking about the. <laughs> did you read that about the um, talking about the clutter in the house and how it makes people actually depressed when their house is dirty? I I totally believe that. I, I know it's true. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's why I throw things away. It makes me happy. But it wasn't just about your house being dirty. It was They were actually talking about clutter. Yeah, the clutter. About cluttering up your surfaces, which, you know, back to that at-home page, which I mentioned last week, which you can, store? Tell, you can tell I look at it a lot. <laughs> um, you know, some of these ladies' houses, when they post things, it's just, I think, I don't know if I could sit in that room and relax because they literally have every inch of the room filled with something right and i mean i like you know a shabby chic style which there are things sitting around in a shabby chic style but not like this their houses look like a store like a boutique store or something like an antique store it's so weird their houses are just filled with stuff i think i would get claustrophobic besides Mm -hmm. how do you clean around all that that's a lot of dusting that is a lot of dusting yeah which, by the way, I dusted the Victrola. Did you notice that? No. Tonight? It, but thanks. So, yeah. So, Emerald has... Have you been playing records for on the Victrola? Not in a while. Okay. We had before. Yeah, we played some records tonight. And she was really getting into the the playing different records. And it, they're actually not even records. Or I guess they are records. But they're the old... This Victrola was made in 1925. It belonged to my Aunt May who I don't know if she bought it new or used, but she bought it around that, that time. She was a she was a Baptist flapper, which I mean that's that's like being a you know, a white rapper or something. But <laughs> I wonder if she was good at it. Like dancing? Yeah. I don't I mean I just she if you just look at the pictures of her, she was a little bit older than my grandma. And you could see the pictures where she totally had the whole thing going on, like with the hat that came down, you know, like oh, that's by your so eyes. Cool. Yeah, but they were like living, uh, you know, like on a farm in Wise County, Texas. Like there were probably like one other girl that she knew that wore lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so it was a big deal. She bought this really nice, you know, at the time that would have been buying a very nice. Uh, music system or stereo system or whatever we would call it and uh and, and it's a really beautiful piece of furniture made by the RCA Victrola company and uh it was in my aunt's house for a long time when we would go over my great aunt's house and it was still there we would go over there and spend the crank it up and play a record or two and then my my aunt got it and she said i want you to have this because i always used to enjoy the the record player well then emerald tonight was you know i think maybe it's something when you're little and you like you could think that like this record is a song you know they're they're basic they look like lps but they only play one song Mm -hmm. and she would say well let's try this song let's try which is so much more fun than an mp3 player or spotify Right. If you're a kid, because you can pull the record out, you can hold it, you can put it on there and watch the needle go down. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, once you use a needle on this record player, you have to use, you can only use a needle once per song. So we've only got like eight songs left. Can you get more needles? Yeah, I bought some on Amazon tonight. I got a hundred, hundred needles for like $4. Of course, everything's on Amazon. Yeah, I know. Well, I thought, you know, one, one click. They were a little cheaper on eBay, but it was more convenient on Amazon. Yeah. So. so I was telling Chad about how I had a new Target ad show up on my Facebook page. Because you know how the computer, you know, however it works, Google 
records whatever you search for and then it advertises those things to you Mm -hmm. on Facebook. And so I had this Target ad that kept showing up on my Facebook and it said, just a few clicks and it's yours. Mm -hmm. And I thought that is some good marketing right there because it really is so tempting. You know, when it's showing you something, you obviously are interested in buying because you've looked at it and they're like, come on, just a few clicks. You you know you want that. (laughs) Except they don't mention that there has to be an exchange of money in there too. <laughs> yeah, it could be yours. Yeah, and our money, our, and your money could be ours. Let's, yeah. let's make a deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was uh, was good. The, but the uh, uh, Victrola got dusted after we had enjoyed, and she dances to the records, "Sons of the Pioneers" and <laughs> Frank Sinatra. She was dancing. We actually have an old Frank Sinatra record. It must be really. Early in his career, That's if they, cool. they were making them on those, um, <clears throat> I don't know what they are. They're not plastic. I'm not sure exactly what they're made of, but they're something like a thick plastic. And uh, I don't know. Interesting. Must you know the way the sound quality is awful, but she really likes it. But it doesn't it make you feel like you know you're in It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, it makes you feel special. Yeah. yeah. That's that sound. You need a buffalo gal. Yeah, that, the, the, it's that sound in your house. And that staticky. The staticky yeah. dust. the dust. That's on really the, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And when the needle gets a little bit dull, you know, it sounds bad. And then you put the new needle in and set it down on there. And it sounds all bright and crispy. Mm. There's, there's, like a, there's something very pleasing about the new needle hitting the record. And then by the end of the song, it's worn down. It sounds crispy. Yeah, they. Yeah, it's, it's a very, <laughs> I don't know, is that not a musical word? Don't you like your songs crispy? I think, yeah, like crispy. Like original or crispy? Uh, so I bought some loud play. Uh, no, I th- no. They, so they sell loud, medium, and soft tone needles. I think I, I think I got the loud me- needles. I mean, I couldn't. I looked at loud and medium. I can't remember which one I wound up buying. Hmm. But we'll see how that works. It's like a really big MP3 player. So the sad story behind the Victrola is that is the only thing that we own that is actually a bona fide antique, you know, that is a really cool, interesting thing. Everything else in our house is just like, you know, Yeah, I don't care about anything else we have. Yeah, I don't care about stuff, but any stuff we have, or of all the stuff we have, that's really like the only thing of stuff that that I kind of care about. Yeah, it's really cool. And so when we moved here from Texarkana, is that when it happened? Yeah. yeah. So we we watched these guys load up this truck. We had movers, which was awesome. Isn't it great to have movers? I love movers. But anyway, these guys, they stacked all this stuff up in this big truck, you know, and then drove across the state. And the way they put the Victrola in there, I mean, nothing else was broken. Nothing else was damaged. At the very, they put it at the very back of the truck, and they strapped it in. But the problem was it's 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 heavy, and it's got these old, you know, it's got... Skinny legs. Skinny legs with the little claws on them. You know, that kind of looks like an animal's leg. And they just strapped it in and set it on the legs. They should have put it... They should have boxed... They should have set it on boxes or something. You know, next time we do that, I'll say, look, you got to put this... Well, the next time we do that, I'll put it in the back of the truck. Yeah, I'm not going to let them touch it. Anyway, so the the we're not doing, but we're not moving again. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a long, long, long time. Hey, you just you just I just spiked, I just spiked it out. I just want right. to point that out. Yeah, that, I, just, I just broke the yeah. rule. So could, could you the hear thing that? is, is that whenever you are talking into your microphone, I so you know. need to turn to the side. I know, I'm a little doing bit. it. <laughs> so anyway, 
So the Victrola got busted up into pieces. And thankfully, when we moved here, there's this very talented man here at Olney who does woodworking. And mm-hmm. he repaired the Victrola. You can't even tell that that happened to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that really killed the value of the piece, you know, whenever it got busted apart like that. Yeah. Ooh, and it, remember it busted that thing that holds the records. Uh, it was and the so Harris brothers terrible. put it back together. Like they, it, you can't really, you really, if you know where to look, you can tell it was yeah. the leg was busted. But the way that they put the little, there's a, there was a little shelf on the inside of it where, in 1925, you could either get a shelf to put your records in or a radio. But I don't think they had electricity where she was, so mm-hmm. there was no need to get the radio. Right. Um, the stories I remember them telling me about the radio, listening to the radio, they had a battery and a crystal with a copper wire wrapped around it. And that's how they would listen to the radio, one at a time, taking turns, Telling the others what's happening in Amos and Andy or whatever they're listening to. Wow. Can you believe that? Times sure have changed. They've changed so fast. Now all the kids have their own electronic device. I know. You look back there at night when they're driving, it's just like their faces are lit up by their screens. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. Thank bad. goodness our kids are readers. Yeah, they, they do like to read. Yeah, well, that, It's the that's only thing a... that's saving their brain. Yeah. <laughs> Reading. <clears throat> and Sawyer's writing a book. That's been kind of cool. Have you read it yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good idea. Boy, back in time. So the story is that y'all don't steal this story and go publish it. All right. <laughs> I'm trusting you with it. Okay. So the story is it's a boy who lives in 4017. 4017. And he wants to go back in time to 2017 because in 4017, dogs are extinct. And he wants a and dog. And he wants to see a dog. This, kid, this kid's name is Tony. He's na- he named after Tony. Tony, Ro- Tony Romo, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so the, a funny thing about that is that Chad used to wish that his name was yeah. Tony. My he middle, wanted to go by my Tony. My middle name is Anthony, and <laughs> I thought, Chad is such a dumb name because everyone was named that. And I thought, I wish my name wasn't Chad. I wish my name was Tony. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> hey, Tony. <laughs> so did you like, try to get that to catch on? I mean, you know, some of my I told my friends I joked about it with them, and then they... Started calling me Tony just for fun. Yeah. It never really caught on. Yeah. Do you think Chad's a dumb name? No. I don't know. Like, what is your feeling about that name? If I thought Chad was a dumb name, do you think I would tell you that, Chad? <laughs> well, I, well, I think <laughs> Melissa's a dumb name. Well, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm just fooling. You know, I did have, uh, I had one instance in my life where I met a man and he asked what my name was and I said, Melissa. And he said, Melissa. That is an absolutely beautiful name. He said that? He said that. And I thought, he doesn't get around much. Yeah, I know. Melissa, really? Wow, that's such a, I've just never heard that. Yeah. He didn't say that, but he did say it was a beautiful name. What was the, what was the, some website you can look at that tells you what the most popular names were during the year and, you know, the timeline goes? What was the, was Melissa or Jennifer the one that was so popular? Jennifer. Jennifer was just yeah. Straight out. The most I was surprised Melissa wasn't the most popular yeah. one. On well, because I guess Jennifer theaters. was the one. Jennifer beat it out. Yeah. It's like Ava or Emma and Olivia. Yeah. Those those will be the Jennifers and Melissa's. It's going to be next... funny when all when all the old ladies are named Ava, you know, and Emily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all their and all their 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 grandkids are named Jennifer. And Mary. <laughs> and Mary and yeah. Emily, yeah. No, but Chad is just a, I guess Chad and Melissa are two names from the 70s that just 
just about every other person was named that. Yeah. So you don't feel like you're very original. Well, that's why. Why do you think our? Why do you think y'all that we named our kids what we named them? Right. Because we wanted to make sure there weren't ten of them in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Chad and Melissa. Man, Chad and Melissa. We're so, so common. That is so lame. <laughs> My parents thought they. I might were as well being, be named John Smith. My parents really thought that they were being creative and original. Somehow they did not realize that everyone was naming. But you were named. Melissa. Weren't you named after like a great grandma or something? I was. Yes. So that's it, kind it's of actually le- a family name. So that's kind of legitimate to yeah. be named that. I was named after my great great grandmother. I, I think Melissa Caroline. That's mm-hmm. who I was named mm-hmm. after. And then Adelaide's middle name is Caroline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we didn't give any of our kids the name Chad in any form remote. I, I was, I was after... not going to have a big Chad and a little Chad. No. No. But that's, uh, you know, there was a movie star named Chad Everett. That's who I was named after. And if yeah. I was a girl, they were going to name me Brandy. Brandy, that you're, sounds, a, you're a fine girl. Brandy, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. <laughs> my love, my life, and my lady is the sea. You actually would be a good wife. You really would. <laughs> Me? Yeah, you'd if, be a if good I'd wife. If I had a bit of brandy? Yeah. I don't know. Why do you say that? Because, you know, you like to clean. Oh, yeah, that's true. Your bathrooms would be really clean. I know. If I could just stay here and clean all day. Yeah, but you're here all day a lot and you don't clean. So. Well, that's not true. I mean, I'm here. Yeah, when I when I. I'm just saying. Here, I, you I know, do, you know that. But I do clean a lot when I'm here. With with you, it is feast or famine. Yeah, yeah. So, it's either Chad is cleaning like yeah. a mad person, or yeah. he's not picking it's up either, a dang thing. It's either you can eat <laughs> off the toilet, or you better not touch it. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so that's fun. Well, um... Brandy. That's a set total 70, 70s name, isn't it? Brandy, yeah. Brandy. Yeah, it uh, sure is. Yeah. I think I was going to be like an Amber or an Autumn or something well, like that good. if I wasn't Melissa. Yeah, of course, Autumn to me sounds like bottom. And someone pointed that out to me once and it just ruined the word. I don't even like the season anymore. Why did you have to point that out to all the rest know. of us? I don't know. Just you got to stay away from stuff that rhymes with stuff like that. I'm just saying. Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I like that name. I think it's pretty. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. It's been uh, so. When did we do the last podcast? Last Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's been quite a week. We had a, a terrible, uh, a terrible death in our church. Just a tragic. Uh, too too soon and big funeral Saturday great uh, service Sunday um, so what what did we do last night we went out last night we went out to eat with Russell and Molly a couple of members in the church that was fun New, newlyweds you know to add, just see if they were still liking each other and it seemed like they were uh, but it's tough to be married isn't it it's tough to it's tough to get married and then we were talking about all the things that you never thought would annoy you, mm-hmm. you know, and the one, and you know, I go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the thing I remember, I was going to say the thing I remembered that really annoyed me about you was the way you brushed your teeth. I know. Yeah. But that's pretty minor. You've made me really self-conscious about the way I brush my teeth. Yeah. It's weird. 
But I don't. I I really am. I really have tried to change the way you I have changed it. You changed to satisfy it. you. Yeah, it's changed quite a bit. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Um. What was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say that I said to them last night when we were talking about marriage. They've they've been married about two months, mm-hmm. right? And I was saying. You know, it just takes a little while to get to the point where everything they do doesn't annoy you, mm-hmm. you know. But I, later I thought I should have said they still annoy you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you never get to the point where they never, ever annoy you. Right. You know, there's always going to be things that are annoying. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it's like living with someone, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But I do think that over time you learn to let a lot of things go and you learn to appreciate things. And just ignore the things that get on your nerves, don't you think? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. I think I think so. <laughs> you don't sound very convinced. I don't know. I've never thought about it. I don't know if I'm still annoyed or if I'm, you know, I don't. I don't feel annoyed very often. Truly. I think there are some things in marriage where you get to a point where you realize that thing about that person is never going to change. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is, and I'm just going to accept it and move on with life. Yeah, which I must be very annoying, and I, I would not doubt that I am very hard to live with. Um, and I can only assume that it is my incredible sense of humor and good looks that keep you here. <laughs> you know, You're actually not annoying to live with. I have an incredibly dynamic personality. And uh, I can clean a toilet. You know, the thing that you've done lately that is getting on my nerves so bad. Mm-hmm. You know what it is. Low sodium? No. Not low sodium. Trying not to eat the salt, y'all. I think that that's a good thing. hard I to think lay that's off good because I want you to be around for a long time. Um, it's this thing. So Chad has started doing this thing where when songs come on the radio... Okay. He, oh yeah. <laughs> he makes this noise that is almost like the tune of the song. It really is. It really ruins songs. <laughs> you guys see what I mean? You see how annoying that would be. Except. Except. That it's loud. about 10 times louder. Yeah. And you cannot listen to the music. All you can hear is this annoying noise beside you in the car. That's me. <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> Chad has always had a hard time. He, he can't remember the words to songs. Yeah, I can't remember the words and I don't know what they mean. And so. so he'll he we will will have a song on the radio that he's been listening to for literally thirty years, and he will turn right. to me and say, "What, what is, is this he, song about? What are you saying? What's this about?" <laughs> because Chad's too busy listening to the bass guitar line or something, the and he snare doesn't drum. he doesn't listen to yeah, the yeah. I hear the I hear like the snare drum, and that I, just, I don't know. I just listen to that. I I don't know. Tar, I, I love music, but. Uh, unless it's a words type song, like the, then I then that's all I listen to. What what's a words type song? Oh, you know that guy like Stuart Townend. He writes modern contemporary hymns. 
He wrote like Promise of the Ages. Yeah, I know there who that is. Hope. I'm just confused about. So is it only certain Christian songs that are words type songs? Yeah. Okay. The Gettys, those yeah. people. I don't really listen to their music as I listen to the words because their words are decent and yeah. worth listening to. Like most Christian music, to be honest, it's like the, the words don't even matter. It's kind of sad. I wouldn't say most, but a lot of the praise and worship, it's just like the same 25 words over and over again. You sound old. I'm just saying. Oh, that is that. I just said the thing that old you people said say. It. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not saying they say the same <laughs> word over and over 25 times. That's what they. Oh my goodness! Chad's turning 42 on and Friday. And I just pulled a major 40s move right there, right? Oh With, my goodness! I did the whole. You know what a praise song is? It's just where you say one word 25 times and seven <laughs> words seven words and you say it 11 times and well i mean i'm just really tired of uh this praise and worship i mean we grew up singing hymns where i grew up and i just really love hymns and hymns and hymns and hymns you know how i just love hymns and hymns 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 choir hymns choir hymns books hymns choir books hymn books choir that's what i hear those words over and over again i don't know what's happening to you i know but then whenever people come in, this, they, they'll come in, not not that often, but we'll strike up a conversation where somebody inevitably who's about 20 years older than me, or maybe even a little more, will, you know, tell me how much they like that. They'll, they'll usually say, I like that we do so many hymns, you know, in church and that we sing hymns at our, in our worship service. And I, and I think, yeah, that's, you know, intentional because I like them. And then they'll kind of express their distaste for modern music, like they're arguing with me. And I'm like, well, I don't like that stuff either. I would, I if I would, I would rather sing a different type of song, not not uh, old songs only, but new songs that are that have a good melody that are that are beautiful. You know, not necessarily just pop rock. I don't want to sing that in church either. But I understand. I'm not the only person there that has a taste and a preference. And so I say, hey, you know, we're going to, and then I sing songs by Chris Tomlin or songs by, you know, these other artists that are doing, you know, the passion artists and things like that. And we sing them and you know what? I like them. So you just kind of got to give something a chance. You like songs you know. I like songs I know. For instance, How Firm a Foundation. We sang that the other, other day on Sunday morning. Hardly anybody knew it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a classic. It's a great song, but they didn't like it because they didn't know it. And so, if you want people to like "How Firm a Foundation," you just have to sing it. We'll sing it Sunday. We'll sing "How Firm a Foundation" three weeks in a row, and then everyone will know it. And right. they'll and they'll like this. These words are so good. This is great. Our church really sings. They sing pretty well. I like it. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it's been good. All right. So, what else were we going to talk about? We had one other thing you wanted to. Yeah, I was going to mention this article that a friend of mine posted on Facebook today. Maybe you've seen it floating around. It's about it's about women and alcoholism. And it was showing statistically that um, alcoholism is on the rise among women and specifically among white women. Mm. Um, and, you know, I really have noticed the trend. The article was talking about marketing to women marketing of alcohol okay and it really is true i mean 
I have, I am practically inundated all day long with all these boutiques and things. You know, there's all these boutiques selling stuff on Facebook now. And the theme of a lot of the stuff that, that they're is selling true. is alcohol. Yes. I've noticed that too. Like, uh, you know, I'm trying to have a Merry Christmas, but I can't get the cork out of the bottle. Right. You know, that kind of stuff on a mug or a, sh- a fancy shirt or, you, you know, lots of wine related yeah. So these women are all just turning into winos. That's the idea. I mean, the idea is is that's being marketed is kind of the only way to survive motherhood is with a lot of alcohol. Oh. Which is really not good when you're driving kids around. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, they even showed um there was a picture on there of some types of wine or brands of wine that were the labels mm-hmm. on the wine looked, were called Mommy's Little Helper. Yeah, looked girly. Yeah. Um, mm. It's it really is. It's very interesting, and there's there's just so much out there on all these cute little sparkly shirts and stuff that are being sold in these boutiques. It's all about how you know, like all I need is my wine, and I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, or whatever. And, and that seems funny and cute, I'm sure, you know. But that's the thing about wine as a mocker and beer as a brawler. You think that stuff's funny and it winds up uh, mocking you, you know. I will post that um, that article so you guys can look at it. So, so what do you think? What was the conclusion or what do you think about it? Well, they, they were just they were just kind of marking the trend They and they went back to statistics when um, cigarette companies started marketing to women Mm -hmm. and they saw this huge leap in lung cancer among women because of these marketing ploys that had gotten women into cigarettes and it's almost like it's uh, they're they're promoting it to the point where it becomes such a um, socially inclusive thing you know like if you're if you're a cool mom, this is what you're doing. You know, yeah. you're having cocktails every day or you're getting together with your friends and drinking wine because otherwise, how can we get through this? You know, because mm. motherhood is so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of a disturbing trend to see, especially when you really see it lived out every day on your Facebook. People really are promoting this idea mm. that mothers are drinkers. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, that's something. Yeah. So anyway, it's something for us to be conscious of, you know. Yeah. Of course, that's a big topic. You know, that's always been. I grew up. We both grew up in you know Southern Baptist culture, where, you know, you'd have a lot of churches even have a church covenant on the wall that says we'll refrain from consumption or the selling of intoxicating beverages. I mean, it's looked down upon. But as we've, you know, as I've come into middle age, and uh, you can really see a change in the trend there, where many just alcohol use is not frowned on the way it was 20, 30 years ago, and uh, people are a lot more just, well, it's, it's I do this, and and uh, we, you know, have a glass of wine, and you know, frankly, that doesn't bother me as much as it probably has bothered my predecessors, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, when when I uh, just think, you know, wine is a, in some ways, should be viewed as a, a good gift, um, 
It's something God has made. It's something Jesus made, the first miracle. You know, you can get into all that. Um, and we certainly, people, I don't really begrudge people the freedom to enjoy an alcoholic beverage. The problem that I have with it is when uh, the people discuss uh, any substance, whether it's Valium or food or drink or whatever it would be, and that's the thing that they count on or that they feel like they need to get them through a day. Mm-hmm. And what that shows is a complete and utter lack of trust uh, in the Lord, uh, a lack of leaning on the Holy Spirit, you know, to empower and give strength. It's, it's sort of an expression of faithlessness mm-hmm. to say, I've got to have this. Right. You know, we, we, when we know that... Um, that's that's not the way the Christian. I mean, a, a mature Christian is not going to say something like that. Right. I'm not saying a mature Christian would not enjoy an alcoholic beverage. I don't drink. The reason I don't drink uh, alcoholic better beverages is because uh, you know I've had these thoughts. I don't know when you'd be most liable to drink. I guess at night or when you know when something's going on, but. You hear this all the time, and people probably don't think it's true. But you really do, when you're a preacher, You there's times at 10, 11, at night, where you actually have to go run and do something. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're about to have to go do. And could you imagine how embarrassing and stupid it would be if you're a pastor, and you sh- you, sh- you should realize you're always on call. You're always at work. Because your job is who you are. It's your life. If you showed up to try to comfort someone and there was alcohol in your breath, I mean, even if somebody was like, oh, I'm cool with that, I bet they wouldn't be. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure that that, that would affect, that would be a stumbling block. And, you know, the, I always go back to Proverbs 31. You can look at the, you can read that, that proverb, uh, the, I think the guy's, the king's name was Lemuel, and his, his mother had told him these things. And she had said that uh, it's not for kings to drink. It's not for people who are ruling to drink, uh, lest they may uh, forget what they've decreed. Mm. But it says, give uh, wine and strong drink to the poor and the perishing. And so when I've asked guys the question, we've talked about this, I said, well, are you a king or are you poor and perishing? Because that's going to determine, that's, you know, the more responsibility you have, um, and the the more people that are counting on you to do what's right, should once you've got to a certain point where people are counting on you, then there are freedoms that you have to eat and drink certain things, to do certain things. You you voluntarily in wisdom give those up because there's too many people counting on you to not right. get it wrong, and you don't want to put something in your body that's going to make you forget who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. So that's, you know, can you think of anything more, can you think of anything that requires more, you know, around-the-clock attention and people counting on you than motherhood? Right. There's nothing like it. I totally agree. You know, they say say behind, you know, 
every I don't know what the phrases they use. I hear, hear a lot of them. Like every behind every great man is a great woman, and says mom, right? <laughs> like every yeah. king and every there's a there's a mother behind that person that shaped them and molded them or didn't, and that's why they turned out the way that they are. And so I, I don't know. I think it's too important of a job to spend half of it buzzed, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. I agree. That's why I would always be afraid to 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 take a drink because. I would want to always be able to be alert and and fully mm-hmm. in in charge of my faculties. Yeah. So I mean, we I would say you definitely have the freedom to drink. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it is a matter of faith. And I just encourage people, don't hear me say you shouldn't be drinking. Uh hear me say you should be trusting the Lord. And you know, we went through that ourselves with the with the birth control issue. Is it a sin to use birth control? I don't I don't think that it is. I know the Roman Catholic Church would say it, it is. But I remember I sat down with a priest, and the priest said, it, you know, he went brought it back to the, the, the faith issue. So why aren't you, why are you using birth control? Are you using birth control because you're afraid if you had a baby, the Lord wouldn't provide for it? And I was like, oh, man, this guy just, he just took, took me out there. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a... Uh, that was really true that he it wasn't a matter of legalism you know he looked past all that or the argument over the the unitive and procreative aspects of the, the normative sexual act and all those things and it was just like look are you afraid if you had a baby you wouldn't be able to pay for it cuz you're you're showing you know at that point it's not it wasn't really um fearing that we weren't going to be responsible it was just sort of fearing that we would be you know, destitute. I don't. I don't know what it was. like. We weren't ready, right? You know? And it was. It, it was. It was. And then some other people would say, "No, I, I, I'm. That's not a faith issue for me." But for us, we thought about it. We're like, "That's a faith issue. We need to, you know, have a baby." So it's it's uh, and trust trust the Lord in, in those things. That's the same thing with alcohol. You look at what you're doing and don't think of it as a legalistic thing. To say, am I am I relying upon this? Is, is this something that I think I can't live without? Because if it's something you think you can't live without, then you just created an idol, right? And and we're to flee idolatry, we're to abhor idolatry, and that could be anything. Any you know, the, the good things turn into idols, probably much more often than bad things turn into idols. And and we know that. Wine and drink are a gift from the Lord. But, you know, just because God's given a gift doesn't mean that you should partake of it. And there's there's a lot of gifts that, you know, we spend a, a, a great deal of our life not partaking in. I mean, we know sexual act is a, is a gift from God, but we don't do that outside of marriage. So if you're widowed, if you're single, that's a gift from God that you're not to partake in. Right. So we have to use that wisdom and, and understand that there's a time and a place for everything. And 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 definitely wouldn't it seem to you like the the time and place for these drinks that can impair your judgment uh in these times when we should be sober minded just maybe aren't the best idea right to consume. So that's sort of like the mod what do you call what do you call it like the modified listen oh you're just saying you're just saying don't drink in a new way. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I'm doing? Do you think I'm saying don't drink it a new way? No, I don't because I know, you know, we we know 
we know for sure of people in our church who have a glass of wine here and there, and it's not something that makes us go, oh my goodness. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's just, I think it's, it's really a matter of, are you depending on anything when you should, more than you should be, I mean, more than you're depending on God. And I think people easily do that. Like they, they look at. I think it happens very gradually and it's almost maybe something that you don't realize until one day you wake up and you think, I'm thinking way too much about the fact that I'm going to have this drink tonight when I yeah. get home, you know, or whatever. Yeah. If if it becomes a major focus, you know, of your life, then there, that's probably a red flag that there's something or that's what, yeah, that what you're de- that's what you're dependent on. Right. But, you know, you, you get for us in our in our culture, tribe, whatever you'd call it, a tradition, a Southern Baptist. A lot of guys will, you know, it's something I see that really hampers spiritual growth because they'll, you know, have an opportunity. You know, we we ask our deacons, we we ask them not to drink alcoholic beverages. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what we feel that that's a very important uh, office in our church. We say, this is the way it's been. This is what the church has decided. If the church wants to change it, they can change it, but they haven't changed it. So guys will say, no, I don't want to, I don't want to step up and be a deacon because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to give, give that up. I'm not sure if I've ever heard anybody say, I don't want to be a deacon because of alcohol, but I would, but I feel that's been an issue at multiple churches where we've been, where this has been the discussion, you mm-hmm. know, this, this, this alcohol and leadership there are people who just don't want to step into a leadership role because they don't want to give up the alcohol. And you think, well, goodness, if you've had an opportunity to serve the Lord as a deacon or a pastor, um, and it's very unsettling to see how lax so many pastors are about the alcohol issue. And like I said, that's not, I'm not saying that from a legalism standpoint. I'm saying that from someone who realizes just how many people struggle with with alcohol and alcohol related you know habits and things like that it's not it's it, well and you, i've already said what i was going to say about that why i think that the pastor should refrain he is free to do it but i think it's i think that in wisdom the best course would be you should be sober all the time unless mm-hmm. you're having surgery right. you should pretty much be with it um because you, you've got the most important job on the planet. If you were the president of the United States, or if you were the president of a big corporation, I would say, no, no big deal. But if you're a pastor, then that's more important than the president. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. I and, I'm not, and I'm really, I'm not really joking. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, what is the president concerned with? Temporal things. He's not concerned with anything eternal. Right. So there, there are just, you look at these jobs, you think, well, the, when, in the capacity in which we are serving the Lord, that is the highest honor, that you would be a servant of the Most High God who created the universe. Now, if you just believe it's all a bunch of crap, then go ahead and do whatever you want. But if you believe, wait a minute, this is true. The king of the universe has designated me to be a, an ambassador for him. And this has eternal consequences. Do you have time to sit around and do half of the stuff that we do? Much less go out here and, you know, be out of your mind because you, 
you know, and you know, it's really easy. I don't, you know, to cross that line to where you're impaired. Yeah. And I can tell you that as a defense attorney. <laughs> That look watching videotapes where the guys had not had much to drink and they were stupid, you Mm -hmm. know, just after a few drinks. Right. And uh, unable to drive properly, weaving all over the road and couldn't remember who they were and where they lived and all these sorts of things. And and, uh, their blood alcohol level wasn't even that high, but it was, they were impaired. Right. So you opened that can of worms though, but I would, I've, I feel like it's something I can caution here because mainly if it's you and me talking, no one's going to argue with me. So I know somebody can, you could get in the comments. You could say, "Well, you're not enjoying, you're not appreciating a good gift that God has given," and I want to say, "Yes, I am. I, 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 I can see the goodness of the gift. I can see the goodness of what God's given. But I'm saying there are times to voluntarily lay down your right." to partake of certain things because other things are more important. Right. So I hope I'm not being too hard on anybody, but you have to, I would say for mothers, I mean, come on, you don't want to be hung over and passed out drunk and your house catch on fire. I mean, you just, you just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's like cr- yeah. to the, you know, if the, the idea of, of this, let's all, you know, have, I mean, it's a, it's a dangerous way of thinking. I think the danger in it is is creating a social environment where when mothers are together, that's what they want to do. And that's what they do mm-hmm. is they drink. Because I think that it's very easy for mothers who get together and do that and establish that as an acceptable norm as as a mother to go home and do that in private as well. Yeah. yeah. And then it gets out of hand. Yeah. And a lot of things are like that too. So we, we constantly have to be on our guard to find play, find things that we're doing where we're becoming dependent upon something that is not uh, worth our trust and worth our investment of our heart and our time and our mind and all those different things. So, you know, it's just, it's as an illustration, but I think that's very, of what that article's pointing out is pretty scary. Don't you think? I'm, I mean, yeah. I think, man. Because it's everywhere. Yeah. If you if you really stop and think about it, it truly is being marketed to me personally. Yeah. All over social media. Mm. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Well, we're, we're we're way over time, aren't we? Time to wrap it up. Okay. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, any parting words of knowledge, wisdom, encouragement? Uh. <laughs> I don't have any wisdom at all to share. Nothing? I don't know. I mean. You don't have anything you want to say just to let people know? I've been talking for 45 minutes. (laughs) What do you want me to say? I don't know. Just, you know, say something else. (laughs) Well, do you have words of wisdom? Yeah. I know that (laughs) cowboy game was really hard for all of us. And uh, I'm going to tell you how I got through it. You had a glass of wine. No. (laughs) We binge watched Pride and Prejudice, the 1995 version. It was so good. And it was really good. The girl that plays Elizabeth, that was her name? Elizabeth? Yeah. Okay, Elizabeth, what's her last name? Um, What is their name? Lizzie something. I can't remember. Good grief. 
Yeah, I, don't know. I know this. I yeah. really do. I can't, I can't remember. remember. But anyway, she is a great actress and just Bennett. Oh, the Bennett. The Bennett. Elizabeth Bennett. Yeah. Just she's really great and cheery and I you know, I don't think she's British. I think she's American. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, she was very charming and the the real like the awesome character is this dude named Darcy. And uh he's just like a it kind of reminded me of Heathcliff in my mind from Wuthering Heights. But he was very, um, you know, what's the word I'm trying to say? Brooding. Brooding. <laughs> he was very brooding. Is that the word you, know, you were yeah, trying to say? Yeah, because, you know, guys don't brood these days. <laughs> like, nobody just stands over in the corner and looks sour. But yeah. Darcy was like the king of that. Like, yeah. half the half of the series, he didn't say anything. He just looked upset. Yeah. You know, and everyone was trying to figure out why he didn't want to he dance. Was, he was tortured. Yeah, he just was not full of jollity. And that that was Colin Firth who played him, and he was yeah. so good. It was oh my great. gosh, it was such it was a great a, show. And when they finally, I don't want to tell you what happens in a soap opera, but people get together, and you're really happy <laughs> at the end. And you're thinking, this is so much better than watching the Cowboys lose. I think that most people are familiar with the plot of Pride and Prejudice. How would they be? Maybe women. Because it's a very popular story. Men do not read that. They don't. Like, I've never met a man who's ever read... You were an English major. You weren't called on to read that ever? No, we never read that. That's just... It's a, Is that a good book? Would you say that book's good? Yes, I would say it's good. It's good? Jane yeah. Austen was a good writer? Yeah. I've never, never enjoyed it, never thought about <laughs> it. But I'm going to tell you, I love that it's, mini... It's a classic. I love that miniseries. I'm saying that's worth any guy's time. If he's going to sit down and say, hey, you know, let's, let's binge watch something. It didn't have any cuss words in it. No fighting. No fighting. Yeah, I kind of wanted there to be a fight at one point. And I told Melissa, I said, hey, is Mr. Darcy going to go beat up that guy? And uh, she said, no, all they do is talk about it. They don't ever. <laughs> it's all just talking. It's all talking. And pretty clothes and talking. Yeah. So then the next day, Chad comes out in this flowy white shirt yeah, that he put had on in the back of, of his I have kind closet. of a puffy shirt. I put it on. Because he was trying to look like Darcy. Yeah. I've been tr- and I've been trying to talk to you a little bit that way. Yeah. Oh, my love. How much I enjoy laying beside you in the evening. <laughs> Here in our humble abode. Yeah. Yeah. So you like when I do that? Uh, so I don't really have all the right words. <laughs> You sound Oh my darling, I love drinking Diet Dr. Pepper with you. Chad Chad is not accents are not really his forte. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at him though. Yeah. So do your um do your Australian accent for them. Oh Mike. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How'd you doing, Mike? What you doing, Mike? What you wanna get a little shrimp on the Barbie? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Alright, we gotta go. Alright. I love you, Melissa. I love you, too. All right. We'll see y'all later. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>